The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest grooves, to the backwoods swamp where you hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to the Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Darby Alexander off Creepy Collection, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Rebecca from the Anoka County Historical Society, and you are listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, everyone. I'm Spencer Terry, General Manager at Fear Factory 100 House, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with... Three big scary man and one that wears more makeup than I do. Happy 4th of July, everyone. It's July 3rd, 2021, episode 240 of The Big Scary Show. The 2021 haunt convention season spooks on with Midwest Haunters Convention just concluding recently. But unfortunately, due to scheduling issues, we were unable to attend, but we heard everyone had a great time. But in this episode of The Big Scary Show, the roundtable of terror returns as the co-hosts sit down with new special correspondent, Jonna Summers, the owner of Banshee Manor, and her new segment, Ask the Chrome. As we introduce her to the listeners of the show and get to know her, Badger reads Deadline News, and Storm rants about how the heat can make you a better haunter in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim returns with Between the Corpses and continues talking about funeral practices in Botswana, Africa. We have a new gruesome giveaway this month, and Vicer and the Haunted Visa will be taking a short hiatus and will return in October. And I'll be spinning some spooky tunes to get you all in the mood post MHC as the build season is in full force for the 2021 haunt season. All this and more 
on episode 240 of The Big Scary Show. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Be safe. experience in fright from crown international pictures rated pg parental guidance suggested the rhythm coffin monster mash with davy suicide and calico with beast blanco on the big scary show In the lab late one night When my eyes beheld A scary sight For my monster from slab Began to rise And suddenly To my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard smash He did the mash It cut on in a flash The he did the monster mash A laboratory in the castle east To the master bedroom where the vampires feast The ghouls all came from the humble abodes To get a jolt from my electrode And they the monster mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash it was the monster match. The zombies were having fun. The party had just begun. The guests included Wolfman, Dracula, and his son. The scene was rocking while we're digging the sound. Igor on chains, backed by his baying hound. The coffin bangers were about to arrive. With their vocal group, the crypt. They played the monster mash. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. It caught on in a flash. It was the monster mash. Out from his coffin, Drax's voice did ring. Seems he was troubled by just one thing. He opened the lid and shook his fist and said, "Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist?" It's now a monster mash. And it's a graveyard smash. It's gone on in a flash. It's now the monster mash. Now everything's cool, Drax a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them the rhythm coffin sent you. you can mash. Then you can monster mash The monster mash Into my graveyard smash Then you can mash You get on in a flash The monster mash When you do my monster mash
Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hello everyone, Drew Badger here. This is Deadline News for episode 240. And we're going to start off with some sad news from Blood Manor Haunted Attraction in New York City. It is with heavy hearts that we say goodbye to longtime director, manager, and dear friend Guy DeMatis, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who passed away Tuesday, June 14th at the too young age of 66. A cherished member of Blood Manor family, there was no one more passionate about delivering the best and most terrifying experience every single night. Always the first one in and the last one out, he worked tirelessly building the sets, casting our actors, and then running the show each and every night for over 10 years. He welcomed new and veteran actors and encouraged all of us here at Blood Manor every season. To say he will be missed is an understatement. We all have wonderful memories of Guy, and we would love for you to share them with us. Rest in peace, you will never be forgotten. The Big Scary Show sends its deepest condolences to the family and friends of Guy DeMatis and the Blood Manor family and offers up this moment of silence. On a lighter note, we have a little music news from our friend of the show, Jimmy Psycho. Psycho Charger is rearing its ugly head for a few shows this summer before going back into the studio to finish the new record. This one goes down at the West Side Bowl in Youngstown, Ohio on July 15th with longtime friends and fiends, the goddamn gallows, and the cheats. You better catch us while you can before we return to our coffins. Get more information at facebook.com slash jimmypsycho. We have this news from the Legends of Fear haunted attraction in Shelton, Connecticut. We're now hiring for the 2021 season. If you delight in the art of scaring people, have a love of Halloween, and are an experienced haunter, or have a passion to learn, then apply today at legendsoffear.com employment.html. We have this news from the Haunted Farm in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Hello, Haunt family. We're hiring. We are now reviewing and accepting applications for all positions, actors, front of house, and makeup artists. We're also opening up a few new makeup artist positions this year, but slots are limited. Come join our freaky fun family and get your application in now. We're looking for actors and makeup artists with intermediate skill levels and a basic understanding of special effects makeup. Apply at nchauntedfarm.com and we'll scare you there. We have this news from the Brimstone Haunt in Wilmington, Ohio. Got it in you to scare the crap out of others? Looking for a job where you can let your true self out? Boy, do we have the job for you. 
Brimstone Haunt is now hiring, featuring four great scares for the family and the brave. Apply at brimstonehaunt.com. We have this from the Boo Crew Haunted House in Mechanicsburg, Illinois. Now is the time to think about volunteering in 2021. Where's the best place to volunteer? Boo Crew Haunted House. We're always looking for new acting talent and support staff. Click on the volunteer link at boocrew.com and watch for an email follow-up. You can also get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash boocrewhauntedhouse. We have this from the Woods of Terror in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hi friends, Woods of Terror is hiring for the upcoming season. Interested in working with weirdos like us? Fill out an application at woodsofterror.hauntscheduler.com. You must be 18 years or older and have reliable transportation. If you have any questions about the job, let us know. Get more information at woodsofterror.com. We have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Indianapolis. The Chaos Tomb Showdown is returning July 17th. It's free to enter if you have a Saturday or weekend pass. Adult and kids categories and all style costumes are welcome. There will be awesome prizes and giveaways and special guest judges. Indianapolis, get those costumes ready to show off. Get more information at daysofthedead.com. And finally, we have this update from the Idaho Halloween and Horror Convention coming to Boise, Idaho. Our guest announcement for today is your favorite a-hole who played Brad Majors in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Barry Bostwick. Barry will be joining us virtually this year on Sunday only. Even today, 45 years after the fact, he is still associated with the role of nerdy hero Brad Majors in the midnight movie phenomena, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Get more information about the Idaho Halloween and Horror Convention happening August 13th through the 15th at IdahoHorrorCon.com. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at BigScaryShow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. To see more of our products and services, drop by. DarkImaginings.com Let us help you get ahead of your competition. (laughs) Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a haunt minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so, you know, it's hot out. And, you know, incredibly hot in some of the areas of the country. 
places that have not seen heat uh, to this degree before. But, you know, it's a hot summer, and, you know, take it as you will. I'm here to tell you that this is not the worst thing, especially for haunting. No, the heat can make you a better haunter. Now, hear me out. You know, for years, I built a hayride at a farm, and um, one of the things we do is store a lot of our stuff in greenhouses, which means, you know, when you're building in July, August, and even parts of September, uh, you would have to go into 110 degree plus temperatures in the greenhouse to pull out your wall panels and props and all kinds of other things. Uh, you know, your, your mausoleum with the drop windows and that type of thing. You'd have to go get them and then go build in the sweltering humidity of a, a you know, a deep August day. So, the heat can actually make you a better haunter. I, I found a few key things where it actually, you know, really helps and works. First of all, your durability of your props and storage. You'll learn pretty quick things like mm, latex can melt. So you don't want to put the rubber rat next to, like, the masks or another rubber rat because then you have a melted rubber rat on top of another rubber rat. And we're not talking about your regular plastic. This is the... The neat ones, which are foam or plastic with that latex coating to really make them look cool and stuff. So, yeah, you might want to make sure where you're storing some of these uh, items. You don't want, might not want to have them out in direct sun. Do your dungeon dressing more when the weather breaks and it's a little cooler uh, a couple weeks before opening. And then, you know, keep the other things storage. Oh, maybe in a basement or something like that. So, yeah, latex can melt, and that'll make you a better haunter, and will really make some interesting ideas, and you might have to turn that rubber rat to the left for the rest of its duration. Uh, the other thing is, yeah, it's going to get you in shape, because there's nothing like the heat to, you know, keep you going and drop a couple pounds through sweat equity. Yeah, that's right, when you're out there building, get a little sweat equity, some endurance up, it's going to make you a, a more fit, a more in during Haunter come this haunt season. And then finally, the other key takeaway I've gotten from the heat is um, you can get some really neat ideas and concepts with a little heat stroke and heat delirium. That's right, stuff yourself out in the sun for a couple hours, you know, drilling away, putting screws, holding up the flats, and you, you start getting ideas and things start coming to you and, and, and you know, suddenly the paramedics are helping you drink water and cool you off, but you get some really awesome haunt ideas. So remember, the heat can be your friend and will make you a better haunter. Until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime, share your opinion on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Storm. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to see if you're listening closely to the show because it is now time for the July gruesome giveaway sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. Never too early to start shopping ScreamlineStudios.com for all your Halloween supplies. Now, I'm about to ask a question, and the answer is in the show. In order to be eligible to win, 
email us contest at bigscaryshow.com before midnight on July 12th. We will select a random entrant and you could be the winner. Now we had a random entrant selected last month, but they never got back to us after the deadline. So be sure to watch your email and check those spam folders to see if you could be the winner after July 12th. Now the question for the July gruesome giveaway is... During the Roundtable of Terror, our new special correspondent, Jonna Summers, talks about her Elvis moment. Who was the person that gave her that Elvis moment? And here's a hint. It's not Elvis. If you think you know the answer to that, please email us. Contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight, July 12th, with your name, phone number, and, of course, the answer. Previous winners and members of the Big Scary Show, families not eligible to win. Thank you again to Screamline Studios for providing these great prizes, and good luck. Ladies and gentlemen, that music, of course, does mean you are listening to the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We hope you've been enjoying us for the past nine plus years as we continue to move into the future. Well, they say all good things must come to an end or new beginnings or the only thing that changes is change or doesn't change is change. I don't know. But if you listen to the last show, you heard Weister, our special correspondent, talk about maybe taking a long hiatus from the show, doing some things other than this. And if you've also been listening to the last couple of shows, you know that we have a brand new special correspondent. I assure you this was a purely coincidental thing that has happened timing wise. Um, back our first year on the air, we had this person on the round table. And then while I was at Transworld, she came up to the booth and said, hey, I've got an idea for a segment. And since we're always looking for segment ideas and special correspondents who can provide us content, I said, send us something, let us know. And she did. And for the last couple of shows, we have the old crone with her Ask the Old Crone segment. Well, her name's not really the old crone. Her name is Jonna Summers. She is from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and she is the owner of Banshee Manor, and she happens to be on the line with us. How are you, Jonna? I am great and so excited to be here and so excited to be a part of the Big Scary Show. And we just wanted to welcome you to that. That's fantastic. Thank you. As well as our hosts, who are also here to welcome Jonna Summers, including Storm. Uh, greetings from Rhode Island, where it finally actually is summer. <clears throat> <laughs> Also down in Cincinnati, we have Meat Hook Jim. Uh, well, you know, down here in Cincinnati, it was about 92 today, so I'll pass. Thanks. Um, you can only imagine how hot it is uh, further south. At least I hope it is. Uh, mine, um, I'll say up in Columbus, Ohio, Jerry Vane is unfortunately not with us tonight. He's had a family situation come up, so he is attending to them, and he is in our thoughts at the moment. So anyway... My name is Drew Badger down in Charlotte, where it apparently was about 90 degrees all day, although I've spent the past week in Florida, where it was 
god awful hot and humid and rained every single day sometimes all day but hey florida but we're not here to talk about florida we're here to talk arkansas specifically fayetteville arkansas banshee manor and our brand spanking new special correspondent the old crone aka jonna summers jonna yes tell us about yourself you were on the show in year one <laughs> When we were basically looking for some Halloween enthusiasts, and you were one of the people that was on the show, and at that point, you were basically a home haunter. I and, was. Uh, tell us a little bit about the transition that has happened in the past, oh, eight and a half years or so since we talked to you as a home haunter, because Banshee Manor is a full-on blown professional haunted house now. It, it is. Um, started as a home haunter, and for... The majority of that time that I was a home haunter, I was actually, you know, working towards that goal of becoming a professional haunter. So I was learning everything I could. I was listening to everything on um, on the Internet, watching YouTube's, listening to um, podcasts and 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 everything, just totally emerging myself into the haunted attraction industry. Now, I have a lot of business background. And so learning how to apply that to, uh, to a haunted attraction, you know, was pretty easy, but I, in 2016 opened Banshee Manor as a professional haunt. And this is now going to be our sixth season this year. We were open last year during COVID and everything, but the journey has been uh, pretty interesting because, um, um, you know, making that transition, man, there's a lot of things you learn that first year, a lot of money lost that first year. <laughs> so how in depth do you want to get about my journey about that? <laughs> so we will get into that momentarily, yeah. but I, I want to talk a little bit or ask you a little bit about what the segment Ask an Old Crone is about, because it seems to be the last couple of episodes that you had have been very informative about kind of kind of geared towards the home haunter that might want to go professional or something in that ilk. Is that where the old crone is going to be trending? Are you going to basically talk about your situation or will you be asking the listeners to submit questions? I do at the end of each, each segment, I do ask, tell people if you've got a question for the old crone, send them to scream at banshee And um, hopefully I can either answer questions, either you know, things I know, or if I don't know them, I will find somebody who does and answer those questions. But it's not just the homeowner, the home haunter going pro that I'm gearing. It's smaller haunts in general, because I think a lot of times the smaller haunts like mine kind of get forgotten or we kind of get this, um, this insecurity of like, oh, I just, and I've done this myself. Oh, I just have a small haunt. You know, there's no way I could do that or you know, or I don't matter. Um, you know, like with the, the home or the haunted attraction association, I'm so thrilled. You guys had, um, had them on the last show and I'm so thrilled that he is coming from a home haunter background because the majority of haunts do start out as home haunters and enthusiasts. I mean, you have to have that passion somewhere that starts, you know, or, uh, you know, before you get into this. Um, so I just want to represent the smaller haunts and the home haunters wanting to get there and people who are, are 
trying to build their business and say, listen, everybody starts from somewhere. So I want to be informative. I want to be a little bit entertaining, hopefully. And, um, and I also want to be like a cheerleader, like, Hey, you know, if I can do this, you can do this. You know, um, if you have the right attitude and the drive, I think anybody can get anywhere, you know? And so I just want to bring that, um, to the big scary show plus some estrogen guys. What the heck? Y'all needed some female representation up in here, didn't you? <laughs> well, well, we had Wicked Wendy and we had Sylvia yes. Vile and they, they yes. have come and they have, you know, gone. Yep. <laughs> Gone's not necessarily the word. I, I like to think they have been lurking about doing other things, mm-hmm. but hopefully we'll hear back from them. I know they yeah. have been busy doing what they do and, you know, it is nice to have somebody back with us of the female persuasion. So... <laughs> it's nice. And, you know, the old crone has been very informative the last two shows and, and will continue to do so. Uh But, um, I I noticed you've been making the rounds because I understand you were on another podcast that somebody else (laughs) from the show may be, uh, affiliated with what, what was that all about? Um, that was Russell horror. That was a lot of fun. We had a good time that night, didn't we, Jim? We did. We, we, we had a lot of fun. It was a great interview and a, a great chat. And it was all, you know, organic, which is, you know, we do the same thing on the big scares. It's all organic. And it just, it was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah. You don't even, you don't even really consciously realize that you're being interviewed or I didn't with you guys. It just felt like, you know, we were just sitting down and having a chat, you know, it was a lot of fun, had a lot of laughs and different topics and, and stuff. It was a lot of fun. She even told a couple of wrestling stories. I did. (laughs) Very nice. Now, what? Well, I saw you at Trans World, and that's where you came up and said, "I have the segment." What? What did you like, or what did you think about Trans World this year? Which was, you know, let's be, let's face it, it was a different Trans World after taking a year off. What was what 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 impressed you? What didn't impress you? What was what was the must see? And uh, what did you buy for Banshee Manor? Well, okay, so. To your first question, it, it did feel different. It did have a different feel to me anyhow. And I think it was just because it was more spread out and it wasn't quite as noisy of, and I don't mean just the props going off and stuff, but people talking, you know, you don't hear, you didn't hear all of these conversations and, and hustle and bustle. So to me, that was a little bit different. Um, but I did miss you know, some of the vendors that we normally see there, um, of course it was totally understandable, you know, with the change and, um, the time and everything else. But for the most part, I thought it was still, still trans world. And it, the, probably the best thing out of it was it felt normal, you know, our, you know, our definition of normal and that it was like, Okay, it's trans world. I'm back at trans world. All is right with the world again. <laughs> you know? So that was really nice. Um, having the theme that I have with Banshee Manor, um, sometimes it's difficult for me to find a lot of props that work with my within my theme. But um, I did find a couple of, of cool things. I bought a, a, a theatrical dagger that whenever, you know, you run it across someone's throat or someone's wrist or or anything like that. It actually has the theatrical uh, tubing in it that pumps the blood out. So it looks like you're actually, you know, cutting somebody. So that was pretty cool. I was real excited to get that. Um, 
And let's see, what else did I get? Got a couple t-shirts. Um, Prop-wise, that was probably about it. And that was partly because of my budget. Um, you know, just a lot of the big things I can't afford. A lot of people can't afford. And sometimes I have, you know, I hear, and I have felt this way too, is, you know, trans world is geared for the big boys. Now, whenever I say the big boys, I'm talking netherworld you know, Hell's Gate, um, you know, Dark Hour and all of that. But there's still a lot of things that are economical for a smaller haunt. If you have a more broad theme than I do, I just, you know, I have a theme that's difficult to find a lot of stuff for. Um, but, you know, I do get ideas and mostly it's just inspiration and just get me pumped up for the season. Yeah, let's go. Let's get, get started, <laughs> you know. Have you seen that? That's what intrigues me. I mean, talk about your theme. And that what that's what intrigues me about Banshee Manor is your theme. You might be kind of pigeonholed, but I love the concept. I, I think you're doing really well with it. Thank you. Thank you. So for those that don't don't know, um, Banshee Manor is a medieval themed haunt. Um, it's a Scottish castle. And um I stick to that theme. People who, you know, all the actors, we speak with all Scottish accents and, uh, or, you know, the best we can do as far as Scottish accents go. Sometimes some, some are better than some, you know, but um, it is all medieval themed because we actually, it's very story driven and very character driven. Um, so it's not a lot of haunts do medieval stuff, but Medieval stuff is that's something I've always liked. I've always liked the historical aspect of it. Um, I'm, you know, the Scottish heritage, you know, I'm Scotch Irish. And um, so that's something I liked. Um, anyhow, so I needed to offer something different that the other haunts didn't have because we have some really great haunts in Northwest Arkansas. And um, I was like, I can't compete with the bigger haunts. I can't because I have two, two small square footage and, and everything. And so I thought, okay, well, I got to offer them something different and nobody was doing that. Um, I didn't do the zombie thing. I didn't do the clown thing um, and stuff. So by offering them um, not necessarily a bigger haunt, not even the, a better haunt, but something different is what I went for. And that's one of the things I think everybody can find something a little bit different. So that's what I do. The Scottish theme every year. And we go out with the Macrolics and see how evil and ruthless they can be. <laughs> but you know, as you and I were talking about it on the other show, you're still able to change up everything every year. I do. Even I do into that and that theming you can still change it up i mean how do, how do you do that I mean. that's actually one of the things i'll be talking about in ask the old crone is um a little prelude here of that is don't i think a backstory is great um it helps you focus on what you're doing um whenever it comes to buying props and costumes and things like that um but you've got to make sure it gives you enough room to grow. So if you, if you get too detailed with your backstory, then you can't vary from that. You can't grow it. So mine is very, very basic in that the McCrawlicks were ruthless and evil and, 
and the Banshee grew tired of it. And so she trapped him within the walls of the manor with the souls of their victims, period. That's it. So, so that lets me, you know, like, you know, one year, you know, we could talk about a bunch of Vikings that got trapped there. Um, we, we're doing a, a Jester's Revenge area. You know, because people are always like, do you have ghosts or have uh, clowns in there? Well, no, we don't have clowns. You know, there's no clowns in medieval castles. And that's all we say because, you know, we're not lying. <laughs> we just have a bunch of jesters. Sorry, my dog is barking in the background. Um, but I just focus on different things every year. You know, um, one year I had, um, I focused a lot on some of the mythical, some of the Irish, Celtic, Scottish um, mythical creatures and so we you know we had a lot of you know we had orcs and fairies and and things like that um, another year we focused a lot on witches and, and the old crones and things so that's how I'm able to change it up every year is by just focusing on different aspects of the same story so and one advantage too is whenever you're sticking with a certain thing like a medieval castle or even if you do like an insane asylum or something but whenever you have that hat that um that theme like this year i'm not having to do new costumes you know because i have an inventory of costumes now can you guys hear my dog barking i am so sorry it's not that distracting Okay, it is for me. <laughs> That's my big monster, my hellhound. Um, so, um, but if you if you have a haunt, let's say you have a haunt that's in the same asylum, and the next year you decide, oh well, let's do a, a a carnival theme. You're starting over from scratch, and if you're starting over from scratch and you have a limited budget, you're shooting yourself in the foot money-wise because that's a whole bunch of new stuff you have to buy to fit that stink that thing so instead of switching things out 100 percent, just change it enough to where you can focus on different things still utilize what you have um and just build just complete just continue building on it or that's my advice anyhow that's what's worked mm -hmm. well for me Excellent. I do want to remind everybody, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show with our very special guest, our brand new special correspondent, Jonna Summers, a.k.a. The Old Crone. We're going to take a very short break here to play this very important message, and we'll be right back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane... <laughs> Only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror talking with our very special new 
Special correspondent, Jonna Summers from Fayetteville, Arkansas, owner of Banshee Manor, also known as Ask the Old Crone. So if you have a question for the old crone, I'm sure she will eventually give you the email to ask that question. But uh, mm-hmm. while we were talking off the air, Storm, you uh, you had a question for our new new correspondent. Absolutely, John. One of the biggest things we hear in the haunt industry are the people who go, oh, yeah, I, I want to go pro, or I have, or I'm not sure what, what is pro. And one of the things that not enough people talk about is that jumping off point, the thing that pushed you over and goes, yeah, I'm taking the dive. I'm, I'm going from just the responsibility of having a seasonal event on my lawn to actually having an attraction. Um, what was that? What pushed you across that line? You can't have a home haunt without a home. That, that's a good point. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Uh Uh, Um, there's some who've been creative with that but yeah yeah. (laughs) um through um some different things you know that eventually led to divorce and and things like that I lost my home and moved into a small duplex and I was like there's no way I can do my home haunt here because I used to have a big yard that I would build a big maze through and it was fenced in and you know and everything and so I was like okay either I need to give up my dream or I need to go pro. But here's the thing. I didn't have the money to go pro. I mean, even if you want to rent a space to do a haunt, the expenses, typically you're going to have to do like a three month minimum to get that space because you need time to build and time to tear it down, you know, and then the month of October, obviously, and that's a lot of expense and rent, um, utilities, insurance, and things like that. And I was like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. What else can I do? And I remember reading Kelly Allen's book, you know, so you want to be a entrepreneur, you know, the home, you know, the haunter's Bible, in my opinion. Um, and I remember him saying something about if you don't have a space, find someone who does and partner with him. So, um, there is a, a place like that here in Fayetteville. It's called Locomotion Family Fun Park. And everyone has one of these around their areas. You know, you have your um, your laser tag room and your go-kart and your arcades and mini golf and things like that. So what I did was I wrote up a business proposal of here. This is what I would like to do. This is what I could provide. This is what I would need from you um, and everything. I called called him up and said I'd like to talk to you about a proposition, a business proposition for Halloween. I met with him and, and before I knew it, you know, I'm standing up afterwards, shaking hands with him and him saying, let's do this. So we, uh, can I cuss on here? Um, so I literally, I walked out and I'm like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I'm going pro. And then it was like, oh shit, I'm going pro. What do I do now? You know? We can edit that out if I'm not allowed to say that. Is that you're just, good? Just keep it PG 13. That's PG adjacent. Um, <laughs> but that was literally, I was like, okay, you know, now what do I do? Um, but here's the thing I did think outside the box. I partnered with them naively. One of the things I thought of was like, ooh, you know, whenever I was a home haunter, I had, you know, over 450 people through in two hours, you know, and, you know, that's what I can bring to the table. Well, you know what, guys, 
a lot of people will do things for free that they will not pay for, you know, but anyhow, <laughs> so my numbers were pathetic, just really sad. And to be honest, looking back at, at what my product was that first year, I just, now I want to go and find every single one of those people and, and give them their money back because I'm embarrassed now how bad it was, <laughs> you know, but you know, it's the first year you're learning. And, but here's the thing. I, as soon as I realized the numbers were not going to be there, what I had, you know, told him we, you know, I could probably do. Um, I was like, you know, just please God, let him see the potential, you know, and he made a little bit of money. I didn't obviously, because I, you know, I had a lot more expenses than he did, but he did, he saw the potential. And the next year we added a second weekend. And then the next year we added a third weekend and, um, and it's, a, it's been a great partnership. And he's even said like last year with COVID when he was shut down for so much of the year, he was like, you know, you're my saving grace because, you know, that kept him afloat, you know, and stuff. But with our partnership, we do a ticket split. He covers the insurance. He covers, um, he handles the ticketing through his system. Um, and, you know, takes care of a lot of those overhead things that I don't have to. So it's almost more like um, I'm a contract um, vendor that comes in and provides this there for him, you know, and for me, that works out great. And yes, I would love to have a much bigger space, but, um, but at the same time, you know, I got a pretty good thing that works for me, you know, um, there, but yeah, there was, there was that jumping off point and for everybody, it's going to be different. Obviously it's not going to be as drastic, you know, um, of an issue as it was for me, but you know, everyone has to come to that point. Like, okay, you know, I need to either give up my dream or I need to move forward. And that was, that was it for me. So a, a neat thing with you saying that and how much change and stuff, did you even find what the challenge it was to, to do that, to, to start something new, to go out, to, you know, find a partner on that with all the change you had in your life at that time, at the end of the season, did you find it stressful or did you find it therapeutic? You know, for the last year or so before even going pro, I would say probably the last two years before going pro, my haunt was my therapist. Whenever I was laying in bed and going through some pretty serious crap, I could walk the, walk the halls in my mind of where I would put what and what I would want in certain areas and, and what kind of characters and costumes and things. And I could lose myself in the planning for my haunt and everything else would just fade away. You know, so for me, it was my saving grace. That's fantastic. And a great strategy. I imagine that first year too, having a partner who was already in the entertainment business, dealing with those types and crowds and stuff helped too, because there's so many things you don't expect, especially when it's a pay haunt and the, the, the type of customer changes a little bit. You go from uh -huh. your family, you know, happy family thing to, um, yeah, all the bratty uh, preteens that, you know, they give 40 uh -huh. bucks to and go, all right, here, I don't want to see you for the rest of the evening. You're babysitting at XYZ place, which yeah. tends to be a haunt in October. So it's uh -huh. neat seeing some of the stuff. I I'm sure as a, 
uh, help management wise and, and take on stuff that um, if you'd done that all by yourself, it, it, it would have crushed you in the two years. Oh yeah. And I, I've, I've got some people um, who work with me in the haunt that, you know, they're invaluable to me. I, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for them, but you know, one of the things about being smaller that actually helped us was during the COVID Yep. was because we were smaller. We were able to have more control um, over, you know, the throughput and, and, and things like that. And there's actually some things that we did last year for, um, you know, we basically got rid of the queue line in a way, but we couldn't do time ticketing. So instead, what we did is we gave out deli numbers. You know, um, they'd buy their tickets at the front counter there and they head back towards um, the patio where the entrance to the hot was. And they would meet one of the Banshee Manor staff who would give them a deli number for that group, just one number for the whole group and tell them, you know, hey, go have fun. We'll call your number over the intercom and um, and locomotion actually ended up making more money, I think, because people were able to do that instead of standing in line for 45 minutes or an hour, they were spending money during that time. Um, yeah. and it was, it was a lot easier for me to control not having so many people getting antsy standing there so long. I didn't have to worry about entertaining them, you know, so I didn't have to do queue line entertainers. Um, and then if, if we were able to give breaks, well, basically I just didn't call numbers for a little while, let everybody who, you know, was ready to go in, take a quick break and then start calling numbers again. So it, it really worked great. Would have never tried that if it hadn't been for COVID. So we're, okay. we're keeping that for this year. I need a pound of smoked turkey and a ticket to the haunt. <laughs> Pretty much. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but maybe you, you should. Uh, just as long as it's offer. not on bingo night, then then there's confusion. <laughs> oh yeah, maybe you should yeah. offer deli sandwiches in the uh, merch table mm-hmm. or in the yeah. uh, concession booth. Now, so, see, uh-huh. I, you, you know that story <laughs> and the deli tickets and, and that thing. You know, it, I, I'd be inspired to do the whole meat pie uh, type of thing. You know, where <laughs> a, a, a guest at a castle, if you you know really caused a problem, you could become the entree. You know that that that's. It, <laughs> That's that's the neatest thing with with that type of stuff. And if you have a, you know, a loose theme or something that you could build from, you, you find that stuff can work into it. And I, uh-huh. I you know, especially you, you reusing some of this stuff. But, you know, I, I I see some people who just want to rebuild and you know take that creative aspect of it, which is great. But you built some really cool last year. Change it up a little bit. I remember we had this giant skull at the haunt we did. And the first year it was a throne. We put a big chair in it. We had a big demon. He'd yell at you. The next year we changed the lightings, put spider webs and spiders in it. And it was this enormous static prop. So it's uh, just a little bit. You can go a long way with something you already Uh have, which is a Uh great, great philosophy and um, way to do haunting. Uh Well, and whenever you're a mobile haunts, um, you have to you have to take into consideration how quick can I set this up and how quick can I tear this down. So basically we have about about eight days. No. 
we have 10 days to build everything. We tear it down in one. That's and great. I don't get paid. I don't get paid until everything is done. Sure. You know, because they've got to be able to, you know, open the laser tag room back up and everything else. And we've got it down to a science now. <laughs> um, but like you, I don't do anything with glass. If I have an apothecary scene or something like that, it's got to be plastic bottles painted to look like glass right. because you can't, you can't be, you know, loading and unloading and moving around and everything glass stuff because it's going to get broken. And you can't um, have guests bumping up against it when something jumps out at them. God, I can imagine exactly. the nightmare that is. Oof. Yeah. Um, my, my exterior wall, you know, is it is, you know, painted um, stone to look like a castle. Those are numbered so that we know exactly what order they go in. So the first thing they do when they go to put up the facade is, okay, well, where's, where's wall one, one, two, you know, and they put it all in order and then they put it up. So it goes really fast. Um, yeah, you have to think about, and I've gotten rid of a few props. I've gotten rid of a few things because I'm like, you know, I had a claustrophobia tunnel that I used for a couple of years. And then the second year I was like, the first year was kind of cool. The second year I was like, this is killing us having to get, to get enough people to load this thing. I was spending so much time and energy on just that one thing. And I was like, no, I got to, I got to weigh my, um, what my, my cost is, whether in, in money or time versus the payoff. And that for me was no longer doing the payoff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> you know, you have to, you have to think about a lot of those things, you know, and if you, if you've used something for several years, people are going to get bored with it if they're coming back. So you need to figure out a new way to use it or. Or lose it, you know, and do something else. So as somebody who has made the transition from home haunter to professional haunter and now going into your sixth year, so you have a few years behind you and under your uh -huh. belt, what made you decide to come to us to kind of share your story with that? Was it because we needed people to do it? Or was it like, I just want to get my story out? Um, I'm why, obviously why very bashful. I'm obviously very bashful. Um, I have trouble <laughs> talking to people. <laughs> oh, sure. Um, I just, the haunted industry is something I have been very, very passionate about for a very long time. Um, basically, I started working on this dream about 13 years ago. So seven years before I actually went pro. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah, you're right. But um it's, I just want to share that passion. I want to share anything that I've learned. You know, I want to share it with somebody, you know, if, if somebody can take one tiny little bit of inspiration or knowledge or an idea from my, you know, four to five minute thing, then I am happy. Um, I just, you know, I just really feel like I could bring something to the table, hopefully that maybe someone hasn't heard of before. But I also, I do, I do not know everything. I, and I can see where people could say, you have some little podunk haunt in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. Why are you telling us what to do? I am not telling you what to do. I'm just sharing with you my experience and, and just hopefully you can get something from it. Because I had people who mentored me 
I had people who shared their knowledge with me. And so I just feel, you know, it's the circle of life, you know. <laughs> we're, so we're giving back to the community. We are, you know, and that's something that's so amazing about the haunt industry is, um, it's just, you know, people being willing to share, you know, their knowledge and stuff. Um, the first year I went to trans world, it was for my <clears throat> birthday. I won't say which one. Um, well, why not? I'm an old crone. 29. Um, <laughs> it was my 50th birthday and trans world was something I had wanted to do, wanted to do, wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? I don't care if I'm eating peanut butter sandwiches out in my car. I'm going to Transworld. And that's pretty much what I did. I bought or rented a room at a little bitty hotel across the river and packed a cooler, you know, and had my water bottle to refill it and stuff. I mean, so I was on shoe string, shoe, shoe string. And um, the only thing I bought was a little necklace from Alan Hobbs. Um, but the, it was, it was one of those catalysts that just confirmed, yes, this is something I need to do. And at that time I was a smoker and I would go outside to smoke and again, not being the bashful type, I would just, you know, see another smoker and I just walk up to him and go, Hey, my name's Jonna. I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Where are you from? I learned so much in that smoking area. People giving me all kinds of advice and tips and going, well, you know what you could do is just do such, such and, and add this, you know, and then you'd have a really cool prop. And I'm just like, yeah. And the education I gained in that smoking area, I know it sounds crazy, but was just amazing. And that just, you know, you don't see that in other industries. You just really don't. No, you don't. You, you don't see it with that community feel where, where people are willing to reach out because, uh, you know, a haunt industry has that, you know, sense of community with a great mix of business and creativity, in my opinion. You know, it's always, uh -huh. always one thing you got to say to yourself, you know, you, everybody in the haunt industry is going to have some type of ego because they're creative. And uh -huh. when, when you realize that and go with it, you find out you can be cooperative even with people who might on the surface, not be cooperative. They're, they're actually trying to help you half the time, even if you think that they're being confrontational and haunting stuff, you know, uh -huh. there, there's some of the best uh, haunters, owners, operators who uh, will tell you their opinion strongly, but they're really trying to help you. And usually uh -huh. they, they got the, the background to, to, to make that opinion pretty valuable when you stop and look at it. And if you notice the people who do not, have that same kind of community attitude who who looks at everybody if you're trying to steal my ideas and you know and things like that they typically don't stay around very long they do not last they they don't last at all they they, they you know because like even even what you've demonstrated with your story and everything today is it's it's not just you know a financial gain you're looking at it's 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 a longer term investment both you know in who you are and that creative aspect of it. You know, you don't want to be just shoveling money out the door for your haunt, but you know, if you can, if you can actually make some money off of it, you know, one of the biggest things my actors would go with is they're haunting for Christmas. You know, that, that was the neat thing. And <laughs> I tell them, you know, you, you, you're, you're getting paid to deal with the a-holes. It's the ones that, you know, get the screams or having a fun time. You mm -hmm. do it for free. If that was every single person. 
Yeah. I make enough money so that I can play again next year. Exactly. That's, that's literally my goal. Well, you know? and it's, yeah, it's a, a creative thing that keeps rolling and stuff. And that's, uh-huh. that's the attitude. And that's one of the things that helps prevent burnout and, and that type of thing. So now you're getting into uh, this. You're coming up on your seventh year of the sixth, professional? Sixth season. Okay. So sixth season coming up. Um, do you ever fear burnout? Do you get to the end of the season and, you know, there's a weariness instead of an excitement for the next season? Have you faced that yet as an operator? I did a couple of years ago. I had some growing pains. Um, Mm -hmm. And with those growing pains came, you know, some issues I wasn't expecting. And there was a couple of times, you know, leading up to opening day that I was like, man, do I really want to keep doing this? You know, but then as soon as you hear that, that laughter and the screams, you know, immediately followed by laughs and things, you know, it all just kind of goes away, you know, now, do you, do Last, you, I was going to say, do you let yourself go and play in the haunt or do you uh, find yourself just bogged down with too much management and running things? A lot of times I do, I do play at the haunt. Um, and a lot of times I, you know, I've done cue line acting, um, which is my favorite, but I've also, you know, had to go in to cover for an actor who's sick or, or something like that. Last year was the first year I absolutely did not do one single iota of acting. And that's because of the way we were doing the ticketing and, mm-hmm. you know, the COVID thing and having to make sure everyone's keep a mask. And I, I really felt like at that point um, last year, I was like, no, I need to have that owner um, presence to the public, you know, last year. And I missed it so much. I did, but I actually do acting at another haunt who has some off-season stuff. Mm. So I get to go play with them too. So that's a lot of fun. But, um, you know, I learned that if you, you know, if you really enjoy acting, try to cove out at least, you know, one night or, you know, some little bit so you can go do that, you know, so you can have fun with it. You also find in management, you get a little creative with it. You might change your costume and stuff. I know the last few years that I was more of a management and assisting the GM more in anything. I would work the queue line, but I had an outfit that I could, you know, pull off and not look in costume for when you need to uh-huh. have authority and decision making. So uh-huh. it, it doesn't even affect with that. Um, uh, before I hog all the questions, one of the ones which, you know, you got the unique aspect with a partner, somebody's in the business and stuff. Have you ever had your par- partner run a scene or anything? Just, you know, <laughs> surprisingly, he doesn't even go through the haunt. Usually Ooh. he might, <laughs> He might walk through it a few times while we're building, mm-hmm. but I've noticed he never goes through it whenever we're live. Ooh. And, and I'm like, no, you gotta, you know, I've got some really cool stuff this year. You need to go through it. And he's kind of like, eh, I don't know, you know? And then he's like, well, you know, my son went through it last night and he said it was pretty awesome. That's good enough for me. I don't need to see it. I think he's a little chicken. <laughs> it, it could be with that. What well, you, you got to get him so you can do a drop window once or something, you know? I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I worked at a, you know, hayride and, you know, we built the uh, Honda attraction, but is a family that owned the farm and ran it first. And, you know, you'd have this gruff farmer and he'd, he'd, do all the aspects and stuff. And he was making sure tractors ran and, and make sure everything's working front of house. But every so often during a season, he'd go out in the woods and he wouldn't go to scare the groups. He would scare the actors in between breaks oh, and stuff. 
Oh yeah. Actors, my actors love to get me. They find <laughs> just great joy in scaring me. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> it's not like I scream or anything, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So let's Can go I back tell to you. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was Um, can I tell you about my Elvis moment? Oh, please. Shout out, shout out to uh, John LaFlamboy, who I, my crew jokingly referred to him as my boyfriend because he's so cute, but I loved his videos and I loved the way he did Hell's Gate, you know, which is very story driven and stuff like that. Um, but I actually saw him at Transworld. I was taking one of the classes that him and Alan Hops and, um, oh, I don't remember now who else was doing it. And I had talked to him briefly outside and told him about me being having a very story driven medieval castle. Told him a little bit about Edge Manor. And during the class, he's like, I was talking to a lady earlier and she was telling stories and it was actor driven. That was so cool. And I was like, ah, he's talking about me. <laughs> so we have our, you know, it's kind of like, you know, we have our Elvis people in the haunt. And in, in a way, I, I kind of feel like I'm in. I'm in the, the cool clubs now, you know, the cool kids and with the cool kids right now with hanging out in, in the uh, round table with you guys. Well, all we can say is thank you. Thank you very much for uh, contributing to our, sh our humble show here. We, we certainly <laughs> appreciate that. Um, as far as ask the old crone, do you have a lot of material that you feel you can, uh, keep contributing or will you be looking for people to ask questions? Maybe there's a home haunter out there that's considering making the transition or, you know, somebody's having an issue with trying to make the budgeting work or hiring uh -huh. creative actors or even non-creative ones that can be trained on. Yeah, how, have, how are you coming up with topics and, and things? I have a nice little list of topics of things that I feel like I have something to contribute on or things I wish I had known, you know, whenever I was making um, the jump um, from home to pro. But I really want to hear from, I really want to answer questions and and get things from every, all of the listeners. Um, I really want to know what questions do you have? What type of things do you feel like you need guidance on or, um, or anything like that? I really want to hear. I feel like this is one of the, you know, the best opportunities of people to ask questions, you know, and like I said, if it's something I don't know, or I don't have, you know, any guidance on, then I am not above asking somebody, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who I can call and say, Hey, listen, I got a listener that wants to know about this. What do you think? You know, I would love to be able to do that. Will you, will you give those people credit? Like saying, I have a letter from um, Tate R who has a question about fog or something like that. I would love to do that. Nice. I would love to do that. Yeah. Okay. Unless so they want to, you know, if they want to do it anonymous, you know, then, you know, they can't, if they want to ask something really embarrassing, you're like, what are you doing? You have to pee <laughs> and there's 500 people outside and you won't get a break for another two hours. You know, <laughs> that'd be fun too. <laughs> we've, we've all had those moments. Uh, any other questions from the host? I'm looking at the clock. We need to probably start winding down slowly here. So Jim Storm, anything? 
I'm just wondering if you've been listening to the right podcast for nine years. You got a list. <laughs> you're planning ahead. You know, uh, that's true. You almost sound organized. Exactly. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I um I listened to that podcast that shall not be named a long time ago, and um was thrilled whenever you guys started the big scary show, and I don't believe i have missed a single episode and uh so i am excited to be a part of that and yeah i kind of kind of you know was thinking about you know what could i what could i add what could i contribute what would i want to see you know with the big scary show and uh i'm hoping to be filling in on that that void now i'm really concerned that there are listeners who've listened to every single episode i i think we just got to create a lost episode sometime <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Very nice. Any final questions? Right. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to Jonna. And uh, like I said, she's got a very unique haunt and everything. And uh, even, you know, I learned some things I didn't learn in the last interview about uh, her journey and everything. So I, I, I've enjoyed this conversation. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, definitely looking forward to, you know, what you're going to keep bringing with the segments. And, uh, you know, it really sounds like a great resource as we've talked to you today and learned a little bit more about your, your hunt story, as I like to call it. Um, you know, got a really neat background that I think a lot of listeners, a lot of people getting into this will be interested in. And, um, you know, especially hoping towards October, maybe we'll get some of the, your casual seasonal listeners to ask the questions, especially the ones who, you know, show up in your line and go, oh, I've always wanted to do this. How does this work? I, I you know, hopefully we'll get uh, some people, you know, take that thing, chime in and, and get in. What's the best way that they can contact you for this segment right now? They could just drop me an email to uh, scream at bansheemanor.com. And uh, I will uh, I will get those if you can put in the title, um, you know, something like Ask the Old Crone or something. So it kind of jumps out at me and doesn't get lost um, in, you know, all of my you know, emails proposing marriage and, you know, sending me a million dollars and things like that, you know, make sure you, I see it. Um, <laughs> then, then yes, I would, I would love to, uh, I'd love to get a whole bunch of them and, and just, you know, share this with everybody. So let me ask this and, and I'm going to throw this up to, to the other two, the hosts as well. Um, since this is a, I mean, this is a unique concept you've got going and you're willing to share a lot of knowledge, uh, instead of bogging down your Banshee Manor email, uh, why don't we set you up with a big scary show email? Yeah, if y'all can do that, that'd be awesome. Jason, Drew? Yeah, set her up. Sure. Crone at Big Scary Show or old crone at Big Scary Show, something like that, be perfect. I'll get something set up this week and I'll let you know about it. Jim okay. knows how to do all that. Technical okay. computer stuff. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be awesome. I just want to know when do I get a t-shirt? Do we have a big scary show t-shirt? I don't have a big scary show t-shirt. I don't know. I think I don't I don't have one. How do we not have a t-shirt? Jim has the overhead's pens. expensive. Yeah. I don't know how Jim got pens, but he has a pen. It came to me from some printing company. <laughs> um, but I, I got. We all have polo shirts with the with the logo up in the. That is true. We all have our yeah. official interview shirts. 
So there you go. There you go. Well, okay. I'll just make my own then. <laughs> I just, you know. Well, you know, you're you're going to be. It like, sounds like you're going to be a regular correspondent for a long time. At least that's what we're hoping. I would uh, love to. Maybe it's time for us to buy another round of shirts. Mm. Maybe so. I think before next trans world, you should we should look into maybe talk to hot shirts, hot shirts, or um, one of them and see about coming up with something to sell. Oh. <gasps> Merchandising. We gotta mm. find somebody what? who can draw. The marketing weasel would handle that. We gotta find somebody who'd want to own one first of all. Mm. Oh, I think you'd be if surprised. You, if you'd like to own a big scary show T-shirt, drop us a line via the website. But um, anyway, this is the type. This is the part of the show we like to call the plugs. So you know, we've heard about how people can get a hold of you. As for now, scream at BansheeManor.com until we set you up with a big, scary show email address. But uh, where can people get more information about Banshee Manor or anything else you have going on? And all we know at this point is Northwest Arkansas, which also <laughs> means, I guess, Southeast or uh, Northeastern Oklahoma, Southwestern Missouri, uh, Southeastern uh -huh. Kansas. You know, where, where can people get information that they may want to travel and check out a medieval haunt? like Banshee Manor? Well, then you just need to go to BansheeManor.com. And that's my website. I um, also have um, a Facebook page, Banshee Manor Haunted Attraction. And, you know, what you go there and you'll find links to the Instagram and things like that. But I'll tell you what, if you come to Northwest Arkansas to visit Banshee Manor, we've got a lot of fabulous, fabulous haunts in the area. We have, I think it's seven out of the top ten Haunts in Arkansas are all located here in Northwest Arkansas. And every single one of them is just amazing. So somebody could actually come to Northwest Arkansas and spend a weekend and see seven of the best haunts ever in Ooh. one weekend. Yeah. At the risk of sounding bad, how many of them have hillbilly themes? Not a one. Wow. Not a one. That's awesome. Yeah. You'd be shocked at how many hillbilly themes there are in the Carolinas. It's like, hey, you look good. Come on in. We don't even have to put a costume on you. But you'll have to take off at least one of those shoes. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so check out BansheeManor.com and all the social medias. Jonna Summers, it's been an absolute delight. And again, we want to officially welcome you to the Big Scary Show. Thank it you. I'm very, very honored. We certainly look forward to a long and prosperous relationship here. And, of course, we also want to thank our other non-special correspondents because we're the regular hosts who do this every single show, including Storm. We've learned today an important, important lesson. That is, every state needs a Scottish haunt. Absolutely do it. You got to have one. I'm looking forward to Banshee Manor and the season where they, you know, import the chupacabras to crossbreed with the water horses and everything goes wrong. Aye. Nice. Meat hook, Jim. Well, you know, we can't forget the Amish haunt. We have to have an Amish. <laughs> Those are I in was your neck so of the woods, excited man. to buy Amish milk this week. You know, it's inspiring. We're, we're working on it. Nice. Uh, we want to send out our best wishes to Jerry Vane and family as they are dealing with a situation right now that we will not go into, but, you know, perhaps he will when the time is right. But anyway, he's in our thoughts. 
My name is Drew Badger, and all I can suggest for Jana is Jesters in 3D. Might be Ooh. the next big thing at Banshee Manor. But once again, folks, this is the Round Table of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. Looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. I met him 15 years ago. I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no conscience, no understanding the most rudimentary sense of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. Van Helsing's Curse Halloween on the Big Scary Show.
Greetings, listeners, Greetings, listeners. And, welcome. and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are traveling to the African nation of Botswana. When someone dies in Botswana, the Botswanan believe they become ancestral spirits. They believe ancestral spirits have the power to cause sickness and bad luck for the living. To prevent the spirit from causing harm, their family makes sure the funeral properly honors their memory. Typically, when an elder, elderly family member dies, it's considered a natural death, but when a young person dies, it's considered the cause of witchcraft, evil spirits, unhappy ancestors, or other disturbances. The wake is also known as a night vigil, is at the deceased's home or family member's house. Mourners pay their respects, pray, sing, and give speeches in honor of the deceased. The deceased family also may provide snacks and tea for everyone while mourning until morning. A Botswanan funeral service is a sad occasion rather than a celebration. It is a large event many people attend from family and friends to neighbors and community members. However, if it's a funeral for a child or infant, they aren't usually public and only for the immediate family. They're typically on Saturdays, starting in the early morning and lasting the entire day. Since Christianity is the main religion of Botswana, a Botswana funeral typically follow the, follows these traditions. Those who are wealthy tend to have more elaborate funerals, but many families can't afford expensive funeral elements. Traditionally, families buried the deceased in their home village and wrapped the body in a black cattle skin. They placed the body in the fetal position and buried them facing west, which they believe is the direction of the ancestral world. Today, they're buried in cemeteries typically outside of their village. Those who live in rural areas tend to bury the deceased as quickly as possible. At the burial, everyone sings Christian hymns. There's usually a meal to honor the deceased after the burial, but like the funeral, it isn't a celebration. Traditionally, they served simple dishes without salt. Today, they may serve beef dishes in a non-alcoholic beverage called gamir, made of ground ginger, cream of tartar, sugar, and a few other ingredients. Many people are members of burial societies that provide emotional and monetary support during grief. When a member's loved one passes away, the other members donate funeral food and funds for the funeral expenses. Each society tends to have members who have a similar social and economic status. They usually meet monthly, and although they need to pay a subscription to join, it's a low amount so everyone can afford it. The typical mourning period lasts one year or longer. During this time, as a way to symbolize their sadness, women wear black dresses, men wear black hats, and a piece of black or blue cloth and widows wear a blue cloth over their shoulders. They usually wear these during the entire mourning period. Other immediate family members also may choose to wear a black or blue cloth. 
while extended family and friends may wear a blue or black necklace or bracelet. Well, there you go. Um, it's an obscure country that just popped into my head when I was doing some research, so I hope you enjoyed this. Catch you on the next episode. neophytes and sit by the fire. It's time to ask the old crone. <laughs>
There are those who will go to a haunted house knowing absolutely nothing about what to expect and have a wonderful time trying to survive. Look at Disney's Haunted Mansion. Well, other than knowing it's a mansion and it's haunted, does the name tell you what to expect? No, but we go anyway and we love it, don't we? If the name was Disney's Haunted Asylum, why, we would expect something different, wouldn't we? We would expect to see people in straitjackets, maybe insane nurses and evil doctors. See how changing one word makes the images in your mind adjust its expectations. Maybe you have a fear of doctors and you wouldn't want to go to that haunt. Or maybe that's a good reason to go. <laughs> I'm sure many of you put more thought into naming your haunted attraction than you did your firstborn. Don't lie, I know who you are. But I don't want to convince you that one type of name is better than another. Just giving you food for thought and asking, what does your haunt's name tell us about you? Ah, I see the fire is burning down. Time for me to go. But if you have a question for this old crone, send it to scream at banshemanor.com. And until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. <laughs> Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. What happens to Nancy and Sheila in the Mansion of the Doomed is so horrifying, we can't even hint at it on this radio station. Mansion of the Doomed is so shocking, it will never appear on television. Some films you see, some you feel. You'll feel Mansion of the Doomed. You'll never forget Mansion of the Doomed. Wednesday 13, Halloween 1313, on the Big Scary Show.
dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenwine Studios. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Creepy Collection. And Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor, Trainer, and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.